You are listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active, performance-minded women. I am your host, Celine Yeager. Each week, I bring you advice from athletes, scientists, researchers, and other experts to help you feel and perform your best, no matter what your hormones are doing. This show is a production of Live Feisty Media. Hello, strong, feisty women. I hope everyone is well. I would like to take a moment and just thank everyone out there for the amazing support during the lead-in and the publication of Next Level with Dr. Stacey Sims last week. At this point, I have written, co-authored, and contributed to more than two dozen books, and I have never experienced anything like the outpouring of enthusiasm and love that I have felt for this one. I am honestly just humbled almost beyond words and not sure what else to say aside from thank you. I appreciate all of you. Okay, so this week I sat down with Karen Duff, who is a 56-year-old mountain bike racer from Ontario. I loved this story because Karen didn't get into the sport until she was 40, and she continued to train and race and move up through the ranks and learn while navigating some very challenging menopausal stretches and the emotional roller coaster of midlife. She had some really great advice I think we could all benefit from. My big takeaway from this one is that midlife can be a really good time to learn new things. You not only have nowhere to go but up, but you also get plugged into a new community and have the chance to make new friends. And all of that can be hard at this time of life. And it's all stuff that we can use as we navigate this menopausal transition. Along with racing herself, Karen is a personal training specialist and owner of fitforadventure.ca for Canada. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. She is a brand ambassador for Specialized Scratch Labs and 9.8, and she is also a certified mountain bike and skills and tactics instructor. I loved her spirit and her advice, and I think you will too. Before we get to it, you can find us as always at Feisty Menopause on Instagram and Facebook. You can join our private and still growing Hit Play Not Pause Facebook group and come in and have all the conversations with us. If you like the show, kindly subscribe and share on your socials. It helps others to find us. Don't forget, we have our Hit Replay podcast guide subscription service, which is particularly helpful for information dense episodes like the one we had last week with Kathleen Connell, all about pelvic floor health. And also, I keep forgetting to tell you guys, I write a weekly blog where I talk in depth about new research and findings in this space and all things menopausal living. So go ahead and check that out and subscribe on feistymenopause.com. It's totally free and I'd love to have you on board. Finally, I'd like to give a quick thanks to Prevenex for their continued sponsorship of the show. I was reading on Dr. Carla DiGirolamo's blog that omega-3 fatty acids can help offset some of the cardiovascular disease risks that increase during menopause. And she advises all midlife women to consider taking an omega-3 supplement. And Prevenix makes a really great one that I take called Omega Pure Plus. So thank you, Prevenix, for your continued support of the show. Okay, enough of me. Let's have a few words about our awesome sponsors and get on with the interview. As a lifelong runner and cyclist, I am stoked to announce that Tifosi Optics has come on as a podcast sponsor. 
The beauty of Tifosi sports glasses is that they hit all the marks. They are shatterproof polycarbonate, so the lenses not only reduce glare, but also offer scratch resistance and complete eye protection. They stay put. They have little hydrophilic rubber nose pads that actually get more grippy the more you sweat, so they stay secure and don't slide down your face even when you're running in sauna-like conditions. No matter what sport you do, they have a shade for your activity, including tennis, fishing, pickleball, running, cycling, and just hanging out at the beach. And they are super reasonably well-priced, which is very hard to find in a sea of overpriced eyewear. And they just look freaking rad. So head on over to tifosioptics.com and use the code FM, capital F, and capital M, like feisty menopause, number 20, FM20, to get 20% off your order today. I'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap. Good sleep. The one thing that sets you up for a great workout and a good day is quality sleep. We talk about it all the time here on the show, which is why I'm stoked to have Lagoon Sleep as a new sponsor. Because one of the most overlooked tools in a great sleep toolbox is the thing you literally rest your head on eight hours a night, your pillow. A quality pillow is everything. Otherwise, you end up tossing, turning, punching, and folding your pillow, waking up with neck pain, and all the stuff that happens when your pillow doesn't meet your personal comfort needs. Say hello to the most comfortable sleep you've ever had with Lagoon. They start you out with a two-minute personalized pillow quiz and then pair you with your perfect pillow. I got the Otter, a cooling adjustable pillow that is perfect for side sleepers who run warm at night like I do. It is a dream. It's fully adjustable, so I was able to get the perfect loft and support, and the cooling feature is everything. As someone who turned into a furnace every evening before menopause, I appreciate that the Otter is stuffed, with shredded gel-infused memory foam, which, instead of trapping heat from my neck and head, draws it away and dissipates it. It's truly delightful. I'm a good sleeper, and Otter's taken it to the next level with both support and cooling. Put my head down, good night, Irene. My aura ring confirms what little tossing and turning I was doing is gone. The beauty of the pillow quiz is you can get the perfect pillow that you need to and make your sleep the best sleep you can have. Go to lagoonsleep.com slash hit play and take the two minute quiz to find your perfect match and then use the code hit play all caps one word for 15% off your first purchase. Sweet dreams. For decades, running shoes have been researched, tested and designed for men. Brands have relied on the shrink it and pink it approach to sell male shoes to female customers. That's why we are stoked to be working with Hedda's. Hedda's designs athletic footwear for women that elevates performance, safety, and style. Hedda's has unlocked the science behind women's biomechanics through dedicated research and creates better shoes for women's performance. Some of Hedda's special features include a lower ankle collar to reduce rubbing on women's ankle bones, a breathable mesh toe box to allow for ventilation and accommodate female toe shape, a more narrow and reductive heel cup to reduce heel slippage and take pressure off the Achilles, a rounded instep that creates a snug fit through the middle to match the curvature of a woman's foot, and supercritical foam and a PBEX plate in the midsole to keep our legs going when the going gets tough. Hedda's has three shoe models designed for different sessions, the Alma Cruise for your long runs, the Alma Tempo for training days, and the Alma Speed for pushing the pace. I've been running in the Alma Tempos, and they are a pleasure to train in. You can get your own pair of Hedda's at Hedda's.com and use the code FEISTY20, that's all caps, FEISTY20, for 20% off. Check it out today. We'll put a clickable link in the show notes to make it a snap.
Musculoskeletal health is everything during menopause. Everyone knows how much I love Joint Health Plus from Prevenex, which has helped me get back to distance running after arthritic toes stopped me in my tracks. Now they have a product that has become my go-to for muscle strength and recovery, Muscle Health Plus. Muscle Health Plus contains all the key ingredients we talk about on this show, like creatine monohydrate, essential amino acids, and branched-chain amino acids, plus even more cutting-edge ingredients like HMB and estrogen that are scientifically shown to increase muscle growth, recovery, and strength. I use it every day during my early morning lifting sessions, and there's no question that it helps my power during those workouts and my recovery after. Plus, I love having everything I need from the best high-quality ingredients in one reasonably priced shake. I've also heard from fellow users who have had bloating or GI upset in the past from creatine that haven't had any of that with Muscle Health Plus. I make my shake with almond milk and espresso, but it's also good with ice cold water, which makes the flavor really pop. As always, you can get 15% off your first order with the code HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. That's HIPPLAY, all caps, one word, at Prevenex.com. Do your muscles a favor and head on over and get some today. Hello, Karen. It is so nice to talk to you today on the show. Um, so before we get into all of it, I'd like you to, to talk to our audience a little bit of how you got into mountain biking, because when we chatted offline, you had mentioned that you were 40, I think, before you even started the sport. Yes, that, that is right. And thank you, Celine, for having me on your show. I, this, is a, this is awesome. It's a great opportunity and I uh, really appreciate it. Yes, I didn't start mountain biking until I was 40. I was in doing some road cycling before that and um, mountain biking, it was kind of, um, you know, one of those things that just came along. Uh, some friends were doing some adventure racing. So I, uh, they were down uh, a teammate and friends said, hey, can you, um, can you help us out? Um, she said, there's a little bit of mountain biking. I go, oh, I don't know. I, I, don't, I don't mountain bike. She goes, no, 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 you'll be fine. You're strong. You're an endurance athlete. I had a, um, growing up playing soccer and I could road cycle. She, yeah, you'll be fine. So got into, um, got into adventure racing. That's how I got my taste of mountain biking initially and, uh, and just fell in love with it. Did, um, you know, with this team, this one particular team, I did a bunch of adventure racing with them and I'm like, wow, oh, this mountain biking is, this is just fantastic out in the you know, out in the forest. Um, it was just a whole different vibe than, you know, being on the road. I really enjoyed it. Um, and that I, oh gosh, probably did, I don't know, 20, 30 um, adventure races and kept doing that. And then slowly kind of gravitated more, you know, more and more into mountain biking and started, well, I want to get better at this. Um, you know, I know I'm 40, but this is something I've really, you know, beginning to fall in love with. And uh, so I, you know, started doing some coaching sessions and I really kind of took it seriously. And then 40 by like mid forties, I started getting into racing. I'll, I'll try my hand at some racing here and just kept getting more and more um, into the sport, becoming more passionate about the sport and just loved it and loved the community of people that were involved in, in, in mountain biking too. It's just a, such a great community of, of, of people. Um, 
No. What kind of racing were you doing? Uh, initially, so after the adventure racing, um, yeah. you know, just some local club, uh, you know, Tuesday night uh, Kelso series, which really some of my friends will, they'll, uh, who are still uh, racing in that, they're going to get going back up again this year. Um, just some local races, just to get that introduction of racing. And then I kind of got, um, and then I got hooked, uh, hooked on that and, um, thought, okay. So tried some Ontario cup, a little bit more serious, a little bit of that. And, uh, but being an endurance, kind of an endurance athlete in that background, I mean, the short races kind of appealed to me, but I'm thinking, I think maybe I want, I want more, I want something different. But, you know, more maybe the adventure side on the on the mountain biking um, instead of doing laps, but do bigger races. So I kind of set my eyes, <laughs> my eyes became wide open and uh, started setting on, you know, small stage races or longer endurance mountain biking events that were still within the local area in, in Ontario. Um, and then that started to grow, you know, like the six hour, eight hour type races or solo epic, you know, um, races, which I'm still doing <laughs> in, in a couple of weeks is one coming up. Um, and then that gravitated towards, um, setting my sights on bigger stage racing, um, you know, getting into the epic stuff, uh, like BC bike race, um, had an opportunity in 2016 to go to, uh, to Israel to do the epic Israel, which was a fantastic experience. Um, I know you were there in 2015 with Rebecca Rush. And again, I just, it almost seemed like a surreal experience when all that happened because it happened so fast because I went with my friend and journalist Mel Chambers to that. And um, it, it's just like, it's so, I just, I just can't really, um, it was kind of, it was kind of overwhelming, I guess, at the time, all that happened. And it was a great experience. Um, that was more my like a major stage race to get involved in. Did a couple small ones in Ontario um, called uh, Crank the Shield. Um, a few of my friends, uh, people will know uh, will know that one locally. Um, but Epic Israel was like the first big one leading into BC Bike Race. Yeah, which is a which I, is a very big one. Which is a very big one. So I wanted to BC Bike Race for my fiftieth birthday, but. Uh, uh, Epic Israel kind of came in before that, ended up doing Epic Israel for my 50th, and that was about 2016, and ended up going to BC Bike Race in 2018. So, but and uh, you're a brand ambassador, right? I mean, you you've been how have you done at these races? I mean, are are you on the podium? Like, what is it? What is it? Uh, like? Are we being modest? Yeah, I mean, again, right? There's not. Um, Right. I mean, as you know, in a mountain bike race, I guess you, you have about 85% of the, uh, the races are male and 15% are female, but of that 15% of female there, especially in big races like that, you've got some pretty good competition, right? You don't have your average, uh, <laughs> your average Joe <laughs> going, going to these races. So, um, in Israel, yes, uh, Mel and I did quite well. We came in, um, second to the Israeli women's national team. And there was another team from the U.S. Uh, from the U.S. that were battling, and there was another Israeli team. So not too bad. Four teams there, of, and everyone races in a in a team format, right? No right. one's a solo, right? In Israel, and then uh, that was a good lead-in, a good training mentally, physically for me when I 
put BC bike race on. It's like, I have to do it. It's like one of the best, I, I, I'm sure it must be in one of the top 10 um, stage races in the world. Probably um, not quite up there for with, with um, the Cape Epic, but uh, as far as um, difficulty in terrain and um, uh, technical skills, you know, it's, it's way up there. So I took that quite seriously and prepared uh, for a year took a year to prepare for that race, um, for my training and, um, and yeah, just, um, just to get physically and mentally, um, prepared for it, you know, watched all kinds of videos. I knew what I was getting into, <laughs> like, Oh, I don't know about this, but yes, I have to do it. <laughs> and how'd it go? I did it solo. BC bike race, uh, went very well. So I was thrilled beyond belief that there was 12 women in the 50 plus category. So I guess that was, I was 52 at the time I'm 56 and I was thrilled mostly from the U S and Canada uh, there. And then there was a lady there from Australia and I think from Japan too, which is really cool. And I'm like, wow, like this is incredible. I never have 12 women, 12 women racing, but 12 women in my category. Like, this is fantastic. Right. And uh, it was, it was, it was tough. Like it was, it was tough. I was in a kind of a weird headspace at the time, but um, I, I powered through and um, I maintained, uh, I ended up second place in the women's 50. So the lady from Australia, she was super strong. So she had 90 minutes on me at the end of the seven days. And I think I had about 90 minutes on the lady from San Diego who was in, uh, in third, but it was, it was a battle but it was so good. I was with some racers from Colorado, like a teams, women's teams from Colorado and one from Spain. And they were in my corral there. So we raced like, you know, you kind of have that hundred people or so in your corral. It was in corral three and you're pretty much together all week, which is, which is so fun. And you get to meet and talk to these people while you're racing, kind of, if you can talk. <laughs> And um, get to know them and, and post race too and, and get to know them. So it was really fun racing and, and trying to stay with these ladies from Spain and Colorado who were super strong, but we weren't a threat to one another. Not really threat. I wouldn't use me to that. So you were not competitors. We weren't competitors and they knew that. So we could, I could push them. They could push me and it was all good out on course. And then to talk about it and have beers after that, you know, together and celebrate after the each stage. Um, it was a wonderful experience. I would recommend BC Bike Race to anyone. That is that is awesome. So you're 56 now. You started when you were 40. Mm -hmm. Somewhere in here, we've got to hit a menopause transition. Yes. Do we hit anything in you? Yes. Well, I started in perimenopause. Yes. Early 40s, going into mid 40s. I noticed, uh, you know, some changes starting to happen. Obviously, probably with most women, you know, your period becomes erratic. And I'm like, all right, okay, hang on, hold it, you know, hold on. Here comes the change. I'm like, kind of early, but, um, you know, and I didn't even ask my, my mom, I, I lost my mom just, um, actually just before that I lost my parents at a fairly early age. So, um, but yeah, probably another, another whole other topic, but I do remember my mom going through things, um, when I was younger. Um, so yeah, the change started happening. Um, but it wasn't too, too bad. You know, the odd hot flash, you know, typical things going on. Um, 
I went into, uh, so I was still, it didn't really, to me, it didn't really affect my training at, at that point. I'm pretty strong, um, willed and, <laughs> and I, I mean, I realized and I read up on, it, I knew what I was going through, what was happening. Um, and I knew what was going to be really important, um, going forward. And that was to maintain my workouts as best I could and to really continue enjoying what I like doing. And that was riding my bike. And that gave me that freedom and, you know, I could ride for fun. I could still go and race. I was just doing local, you know, Tuesday night races at that point. Um, but I knew the importance that I needed to stay active. Um, I think maybe to maintain sanity <laughs> at that point too. I'm sure people can, uh, women can relate on that. Um, it didn't really full blown or the symptoms didn't really get, um, too bad till, you know, kind of my late forties, going into my late forties, I went into full, like, I guess, full on menopause, um, in menopause at 48, I guess, um, classified as what, no, not having a period for a year. Right. Is that the mm -hmm. still classified as that? So, uh, 48 and then things got really fun. In what way? <laughs> well, it was, you know, like, um, well, the, the hot flashes were like between four, I say between that part, 48 to, I did BC bike race. So it was 52, 52, I would say 48 till about 54 where that was a little rough, um, just hot flashes, really, really bad. And I was determined not to go on, on to any kind of hormone replacement ther uh, therapy. I did talk to my doctor about it and she was like, if, you know, if you can try and deal with it with exercise, let's try and hold off unless you, you know, absolutely have to go on it. So I, I noticed, you know, mood, mood changes, the, the typical stuff, the hot flashes were just constant all day, all night, you know, that it's, it's interrupt. Yeah. It's interrupting your sleep. Um, and, you know, I mean, obviously it went through my mind how like, okay, how am I going to continue what I love doing at a high level um, with all these changes and hormonal changes going on in my body? My body is basically going through withdrawal, right? I guess it's, is that what it's, I mean, kind of the, this, you know, kind of the um, I guess what the body changes are, are going through. Um, so I just tried to persevere through it. Um, I mean, it, it became like, I think it was getting me more mentally than physically. I knew if I could try and keep up with my workouts, even if they were short. So even if I had bad sleep, wasn't feeling great, I knew, okay, let's just let's just do like a 30 minute, you know, quick hit or give what I can that day. So I can, it would make me feel better. Maybe get those endorphins going and get through, get through that day. Um, you know, lots of hiking. I would turn to hike, added in some hiking too, just because maybe I just didn't have it to give it on the bike that day. I just, you know, just didn't have the energy, but I still wanted to get outside and hiking was a good um, I guess, uh, 
stress release or a good, um, I don't know, what's the word? Um, it's a good outlet. Yeah, an outlet. Exactly. If I, you know, didn't feel like getting on the bike, but to being in the forest and being in nature um, really helped with that too. Um, you know, <laughs> the worst is having a workout, doing a workout, you probably had this, doing a workout and having hot flash at the same time. It's epic, right? It's epic. <laughs> it's like come on give me a break um (laughs) did you have to manage your nutrition or hydration any differently did you make any adjustments there i've uh i've always been um as far as my nutrition i don't think anything i like you know i've always been i have never been like on a diet i could try and eat healthily as far as you know getting the good uh you know carbs because I do, um, I, I do, uh, you know, as far as uh, calorie burn, I'm like way up there depending on the training days and just training clients, leading classes online presently where I am now. Um, so I'm pretty good in tune with my body as to how much I need and carbs, get the good fats, the proteins, you know, the, the post-workout shakes, I kind of stayed on my regiment there. And, you know, there was, there always a little bit of leeway, you know, I always like to, so it didn't, um, I know some women will go through, well, they crave a lot of, you know, sweets or changes that way. I still had that um, little bit of leeway that I could go to for that, for those cravings, but it didn't, um, I, and I was careful. I was trying not to let it um, take over that way. Try, so I tr- really tried to stay on my, my, my game, um, as far as hydration, uh, same thing, probably in, uh, now that you say with the, with the, with the sweating and the hot and the hot flashes, definitely probably increased hydration at that time, because you don't realize how much you're losing too. I think even on a, on a hot flash, full blown hot flash, you're just like, I got some of them. I'm sure maybe you've had it too. You're just totally soaked. Yeah. Right. You can just, and several times, several times a day. Um, yeah. How is your racing going at this time? At that time, um, I was still, so that would have been uh, 48. Um, I was getting into, uh, some like mini stage races on, on crank the shield and doing kind of veering, uh, steering away from shorter, um, like local races and, and going on to the endurance end of it. I played soccer for years. I, I'm an endurance athlete. I was a midfielder. I played for, um, you know, my um, probably when I, I think I started when I was eight until my early twenties, I was playing a fairly high level of, uh, of soccer um, at that point. And as a midfielder, you're, you're, you're moving, you're moving all the time. Um, so just the short, I was, you know, gravitating towards longer races. I just love that. I love the fact that, especially if you're in a stage race, right? Each pedal stroke, we're going somewhere different. I'm not going to see that tree again. Oh, I could see that rock again. I'm not going to see that feature every, I, I don't even know what's coming up around the corner, but this is good. Um, and the challenge of the unknown and to, um, adjust on the fly and well, <laughs> knowing when to bail if you need to Yeah, <laughs> check, especially at BC bike race, 
when to check your ego and get off your bike and walk something. <laughs> Did you have any anxiety and fear? Like that comes up a lot in the group. Yeah, I've heard that. Um, other women have told me that too. Um, as I, I did not ex experience that. Okay, so not not on the bike. Um, I did feel um, so not. So I think the bike actually um, calmed me. <laughs> Maybe that's uh, um, going out on the bike or riding with friends or riding solo um, actually calmed me down because there's some other things going on in my life too as far and and you know going through menopause um but as far as uh i was working hard on my mountain bike game as far as technical and getting your head into that because i was getting ready for bc bike race so it was not a you know was wasn't a good time to be um you know, fearful of uh, gnarly, gnarly terrain, I was trying to take that on. So that didn't actually that was okay on the bike, it was actually um, where I could just uh, focus and my mind wouldn't drift onto other things, I could focus right on the then and now and it didn't, uh, as far as fear and anxiety, didn't get me there, but maybe off the bike a, a little bit. You alluded a couple of times that other things going on in your life can, is that something that you wanted willing to talk about? Yeah. Um, so going in, so yeah, 20, so in 2018, when I was getting ready, so going from 2017, I had signed up for BC bike race. So a year preparation and, um, yeah. And I was in obviously in full blown, I was 52 at the time, yeah, 52, 51, 52, full blown menopause. Um, and then, um, yeah, in uh, May of, so two months, I guess, before BC Bike Race was in July of 2018. So May 2018, um, my marriage of 27 years uh, collapsed. And uh, that was, uh, that was a big, uh, yeah, that was a big, that was a big blow, um, you know, 27 years. And uh, yeah, so I was uh, caught off guard on that. Uh, somewhat I mean you know things there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of things that go on in in uh when breakups happen or marriages you know fall apart um you know drifting apart I mean there's you know things like that going on you know just kind of going our own ways but also I believe at that time I was going through a lot physically and mentally during that time which it was, it was, well, it was hard to deal with those issues going on. Um, I wasn't in a great headspace. I, but I could on the bike. So the weird, so the strange, I don't know if it's strange or if it's just, I had comfort on the bike. I could escape on the bike. I mean, I loved it. I wasn't using it as a, in a negative way at all, but it was a positive uh, for me to, maybe help me deal with what was going on in my personal life and my marriage failing after 27 years. It's crazy together for 29 years. Um, and I, I truly believe at that point, having the bike in my life, I was able to get through that traumatic period of, in my, in my, at that time in my life. Um, I don't know if, you know, if I didn't have that, I, I, I don't know. But for me, um, it was a positive impact for for sure. 
I mean, you know, that's difficult for anyone to go through. I mean, it's, you know, one of the, I guess the high stressors in, in life, but you know, that on top of full-blown menopause, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like a volcano exploding. Um, and had you ridden together? Yes, we were. Yep. Yeah, he was into, uh, yeah, he, we always uh, rode together. He was in mountain biking too. So we had a connection there. We were going to BC bike race together, which was a little bit more of a, cause we had signed up in 2017. I was racing solo. He was okay. racing on a teammate with a, with a friend anyway. And, um, which was fine. So that was good that we didn't sign up together as a team. <laughs> we would have racing solo anyway. <laughs> I'm in the solo category now. Okay. Um, so, um, so yeah, that was difficult. So when it happened, um, you know, I was, well, one of the first things that came to my mind was that races, that's like two months from now. I, and I, at first I kind of had a little bit of a down thinking, how am I going to go race this now? There's no way I'm going to be able to physically or mentally do this. How am I going to do this? And then I don't know me, I don't know, kind of a little stubborn or I just got a fire inside. I'm like, uh, like, no, like, okay, screw this. No, I've trained for a year for this. I am going and I'm, and it just created a fire in me. And I'm like, I'm going to go and kick butt. I'm going, I'm going. So I just kind of, so I think having the bike BC bike race there at that time in my life and going through all that, I think it just, it kind of, it saved me. It saved me. And then I had a good friend, Sue Marcus with me uh, that went to BCBR and um, we, you know, great, great friend. We're, we're tent mates for the week and we had a blast um, he was also attending, which I knew, but um, it's a lot of, a lot of races there. You have 700 people. There's a lot of people. There's a lot of people there. So, I mean, um, it's not like you're, uh, <laughs> it is tent city, but um, you know, there's lots of people there. So uh, it was, it was fine. And it was the best week ever. And you're kind of like a, you know, a, an amateur cyclist being treated like a pro for a week. <laughs> or at adult adult bike racing camp I don't know (laughs) and you're meeting these people from all over the world it's a really really cool experience I'm still in contact with many of those people I met we're still friends I you know I have open invitations to go come to Mexico I've got the ladies I raced with from Spain come to Spain so I'm planning on going there and gonna go and ride with them there um yeah, it was just, it's just not about the racing there. And I've found, I've found this out with stage racing, right? The racing is, yes, a small percentage of the day absolutely is. It's hard. It's fun. It's, you know, it's racing. When you get off that bike, you know, all the, you know, the community and speaking with everyone from all over the world. I got to race with Hannah Barnes that year too. She was on um, Specialized. She came over from Scotland and, and raced and had a conversation with her. Um, it was just, I crossed the finish line. She came across the finish line, talked talk for 30 minutes after. And it was just a really, really cool experience. Someone I admire and, you know, I follow in, you know, on social media. It's like, this is, you know, fantastic. Um, and uh, yeah, and just, it's an adventure too. BC Bike Race, 
total, you know, adventure at that time. They had the fairies and the, you know, all those connections, but they had, oh, yeah. you know, I the, know crew the, there, well. the crew there have it down to a fine art and um, big kudos to Monera Khan. She keeps all the races happy. She's, she's fantastic. She's the, she's the glue there. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it, um, at that time, um, getting through that. So I was pretty focused for the week and um, I just kind of really forgot about what was going on in my, in my life too. Again, um, I guess I wouldn't call it hiding, not hiding or escaping. It was um, a way of helping me deal with um, having the, the bike and the mountain biking. It was non-escape. Um, it was, uh, what's the word? Um, you know, some people try and escape, they go do something just to try and run away from their life. It, it, it wasn't like that. It, it, it helped me in a positive way. I wasn't using it as, as a negative. It was definitely a, a positive, uh, to keep me, um, training, to keep me fit, keep me on top of my game focused maybe whereas menopause is trying to make you a bit brain fog and kooky. Um, it kept me, it kept me focused and eye, eye on the prize going forward. So it really helped. And then, um, you know, community of friends, friends and support. And, and I mean, I just love my mountain bike community here. It's just, it's so strong and everyone need help with anything, anyone call someone they'll be at my door in five minutes it's it's fantastic do you ride with a lot of women in this demographic uh i i do um there's well now that have um now that we have the mountain bike exchange in ontario um which is bringing together women from different riding hubs or um clubs in ontario Mm -hmm. And so it's just in the province of Ontario and it gives them an opportunity to build connections and friendship and get to go ride um, other clubs, home trails and, 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 and build and build on that. So that is becoming huge. I have local um, other women riders I ride with here regularly in my, in my area. And we you know, we're always building on that um, too. And has your competitive fire stayed the same this whole time? Are you still like lit it, up to go race? I am. It, it's well, it's coming back. It got, got knocked down a bit during the pandemic. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm sure a lot of people went through this too. Um, you know, uh, things were, you know, pretty much shut down, right? Um, things are coming back up. I just did, um, we have a race here. It's a kind of a spring classic uh, called Paris Ancaster. So that was kind of my first dip back into uh into racing but i raced on a tandem with a friend and had an absolute blast it was a great just first race to get get in and go like yeah like i okay yeah i i I miss this i need to get back back racing um so yep getting things on the calendar for 2022 um yeah i've got uh, a solo epic eight hour coming up and uh, either doing uh, Crank the Shield, actually just a three-day stage race, or I'm leaning towards, there's one in Quebec called the Quebec Single Track Experience. It's a six-day stage race. Um, 
and then some longer uh, endurance uh, single track mountain bike uh, races kind of in the four to five hour range. And those are all a company called Substance Projects in, in Ontario runs those. Um, yeah, so that's coming back on. Um, also coaching. So I'm certified uh, level one coach in uh, Professional Mountain Biker Association, PMBIA. And uh, so I get an opportunity to, um, I do coach. So I do have coached uh, some guys. They have <laughs> they have reached out to me, but more, most of it's uh, women and kind of the um, beginner to strong intermediate riders. So that's already uh, on the go right right now. So I've got some uh, got some sessions uh, lined up actually starting tomorrow. And um, so that's coming back on, which is nice because that's also been hard to do in the last few years because we've shut down parks and, uh, you know, it's been a headache for everyone. Right. Um, and um, so that's that's fantastic. I, I really enjoy that part of it um, as far as and being out on the trails there as a coach and as a personal trainer, too, I tend to have, again, more females training with me, um, which is great. I, you know, you know, they'll, they'll ask, okay, well, like, what, what, you know, what do you exactly eat? What diet are you on? What do you, you know, the, and I, I don't have a, a, a secret formula uh, for that, but I, I train them the way I train, I actually train them, you know, within their means, but I train them the way I train myself doing that combination of high intensity with weights and short versus cardio and core. And it's, it's worked, it's worked for me. Um, and it works, it works for them. So they either train with me one-on-one -on -one or they'll come in and I'll put together a program for me. If they're a little bit more self-motivated, they'll go home and do their programming on their own based on what I've given them. Um, yeah. So I think it's one key I found with me as going through, you know, pre middle, um, menopause is the high intensity part. I was just going to ask that, like what, if you could just shine some light on what your training is to maintain your power, cause you need power for mountain biking. Yes. Yes. Um, well, especially right. Depending on what terrain, if you're doing a lot of climbing and you're climbing up and over, you know, you know how it's like climbing up and over features or rocks or, even riding all that rough stuff, how much of a toll it takes on you and how, you know, you just have to maintain your, your core strength, upper body strength, um, everything. Um, so, uh, for me, um, I put in, I, I put in probably, I try and ride like two to 300 kilometers a week between, try and get as much mountain as I can in there, but depending on uh, weather conditions, I'll hit the gravel or the road too, which can also help. That's a benefit to me that transfers to my mountain bike, you know, getting some endurance in building that. Um, and then uh, as far as training, a lot of functional training. So high intensity stuff um, could be combination of um, plow metrics. So body weight, explosive stuff. So like box jumps, um, I'll do uh, TRX, um, a lot of, uh, yeah, explosive squats, even maybe with some 180 or some 360 turns in there, um, burpees, um, so short, a lot of Tabata work, either, you know, 20 on, 10s off, or we'll work 30 on, 15 off, combination of exercises there, just to uh, 
and it's a combination of cardio and then getting the weights and do, I like a lot of compound movements on, on weights. So free, so free weights getting into, right. Just not working one muscle group, but, you know, doing combination of, you know, shoulder presses and lunges and some lateral movements and incorporating, you know, four or five, six, you know, muscle groups in that once instead of just one. And I find you just get that bigger, um, metabolic burn, get that bigger fat burn, um, on that, um, which gives that, uh, you sure you know about this, like the epoch, you know, the after effects of, you know, the high intensity. Um, so I think that really, as far as, you know, going through menopause, I think for me, that, that's been one of the key things, obviously my bike, I love riding my bike, but the functional part of it is really, really key. I know a lot of women, you know, because especially some of my friends are going through it too. You know, they're, they're tired. You're, I don't, you're not sleeping well. I've got hot flashes. The last thing I want to do is work out, but that's probably the biggest, if you can just, just somehow find it within you to, to continue, to continue that. Um, just your body needs. And I don't know if it's, um, I don't know all the, the science and in depth part of it, but it just, I don't know if it, I don't know that it's not really going to counteract it, but I think it, I think it helps because you want to still put on that lean muscle mass, help with that, increase the, the metabolic burn or that metabolic fire. So you're putting on and, um, you know, just releasing the endorphins, helping with your mood. It can just give you that boost to maybe fight through some of those menopausal. It's a lot of, you know, you have to be a little, but mind strong in the mind too. I think you just have to kind of like, Hey, got to do this. Like got it. You got to get this done. I know it's difficult and I've been through it. I, now I'm through the other side. Yes. <laughs> through the other side. Thank goodness. Um, Cause it's been a wild ride, like 48 to well, when perimenopause, right? Early forties. You're going through all that to, 56. Now I'd say, I think I officially stopped like about like a year or so ago. I noticed no more hot flashes. I used to have like the odd one, right. They're kind of tailing off red wine. Not that I'm a big um, red wine drinker was one thing that would set them off. So wine was take wine was taken right off. Could even just been just even a mouthful of wine and it would be send my body into havoc. So that was kind of, you know, a nice glass of red wine. Okay. So that was out the window, but um, I haven't even gone back actually now that I'm through, I haven't even thought about, uh, thought about wine. I, I, I like beer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a mountain biker. I like beer. <laughs> so, you're, so you're pretty much, you feel like you've stabilized. That's what I'm hearing. Like you don't have, I am. I think I am totally stabilized now. I am in a, great, um, head space. I'm, I'm happy. Even so my kids are, uh, 22, actually Caitlin, what, 23 and 25 now. And <laughs> it's funny because they'll even like, even my daughter, like my daughter's more tuned with me than, than my son. She's like, you're like, just like really calm now. And like, you're like, you're, you're like, you're cool, mom. It's like, wow, really? I'm finally, I'm cool. <laughs> my 22 year old. 
um, which is great. So, and she does my workouts with me either online or she's at my house. She works out with me now. Like it's, 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 it's great to have that you know, connection with, with my daughter. And, and um, yeah. she thinks I'm a little crazy and she worries about me. So I see if I've come home and I've got bruises all over, and over <laughs> right. And she, she's like, mom, like, what, if, what were you doing? What did you have to be careful out there? Like, look at the bruises. I'm like, yeah, it's fine, Kate. It's, it's, it's all good. It's all right. It's good. It is all good. It's all good. Um, but yeah, the journey, there is, you know, the good, the bad, the ugly, but there is, uh, you know, there is the other side of it. And I know it feels like at points that you're pulling your hair out and your brain fog and you're going crazy and you can't focus. Just try and, I, I don't know, uh, just try and keep the, the exercise, um, in there. I think it's a, I think it's a lifesaver. I know even if it's a walk, right. Walk out in the forest or do go walk your favorite place or, you know, something. And then if you can incorporate little bursts of, you know, some hit, some hit training within your level, everyone's level is different. Um, and getting that, uh, you know, we'll get into, you know, technical, uh, training and heart rate zones here, but, you know, get it up there. So you're breathing really, really heavy at that, you know, kind of eight, nine, 10 out of 10 on your, uh, right. Just on short bursts and can do a world of good and make you feel really good mentally. I, I think it's, it's, it's worked for me. Um, at this point, uh, like I do a couple online classes, like teaching online, you know, seeing clients, but for sure, like three, um, functional training, uh, for me. Uh, per week, maybe sometimes four, and then and then my bike too on two three hundred k's uh, a week, and um, seems to be working for me. Excellent. Well, I appreciate you sharing your journey and uh, your, you know, the showing the light on the other side as well as how you got through it. I think it's really helpful for so many people. Yeah, I hope, uh, I'm sure we all go through similar um, experiences and symptoms and, right, are kind of all, all, in, all in this together at the time you're going through. It's like, I'm sure I'm the only one that feels this way, but, uh, but we're, we're not, right? We're all, we all feel the, the same ways. Maybe symptoms are, you know, slightly different, but all basically, basically the same. But um, yeah, it's like a weight off my shoulders. I, I feel good. I sleep well. Like it's the best I you know, slept in years. Um, <laughs> I still like a fan on. I like, I like air circulation. Maybe that was just, I just can't get rid of maybe that white noise from my, you know, um, major hot flash stage where I had a fan on just to keep my body cool. Right. That really helped when I was having hot flashes and I just have a fan on to keep that, keep the, keep the body cool. Um, that really helped me. And I know a, a lot of friends have fans going to <laughs> fans going to just keep the body temperature um, at, at bay. But um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's been, it's been, a, it's been a journey personally and uh, personal, physical, you know, right through, right through menopause. But, um, I'm, uh, like I say, I'm in a good, I'm in a good place in my life. Um, I don't see racing 
I don't see racing going away. Yes, I am getting older, but I still want to stay in the game. Um, and at this point, ride, riding, just riding your bike for me, uh, how I feel about this isn't going to, isn't going to totally do it. I think you need, you need that. You need to do some work in the gym with weights, especially as you're getting older, the weights are going to be, you know, keep that lean muscle mass on, keep that, uh, keep that metabolic, uh, burn going. Um, so sorry, just one thing I wanted to touch on during the pandemic gave me an opportunity to kind of adventure on the bike a little bit more. Um, so I got into bike packing at that mm. time because there was no racing. So, okay, what are we going to do? It was something I thought maybe I was going to get involved later, um, maybe post racing career or right. But it, uh, the doors opened up and jumped on it, had some friends that are experienced in it and jumped on. And I was the rookie on the, on the trips and, and learned it was just uh, such a, you know, hard work and your fully loaded bike and you're camping and cooking meals. And, you know, it's a very, but it just takes that, um, just slows the pace down. You just, it was just absor uh, absorbing everything as we went through different areas and beautiful areas. And these were all in uh, Ontario. A big one we did last year called the BT 700 stands for butter tart 700. Honestly, there really wasn't that many butter tarts <laughs> along the way. I mean, there was some good bakeries. Yes, I did have butter tarts. Um, but that was an epic uh, bike packing trip. It was like six days fully loaded. And it was it was an adventure. Some nights we just didn't even know where we were staying <laughs> until we found some crown land or wherever we could uh, put up our tents and, and crash and crash for the night. Um, it was good. Or people in the community that come put your tent on our land. Like it, it's great in that, uh, in that area, BT 700. Yeah. Come stay on my, on my property for the night. You're welcome. Like to stay here and, uh, and we'll feed you too. That's it's, wow. yeah, it's great. And great. Again, all that community of cyclists are, it's, it's so strong here. I'm sure it is all over the world. I mean, found that in BC bike race, right? You know, people from 40 countries converge there and we're all, we're on the same page. Yep. We all love, we all love to ride and adventure and, and, and mountain bike. Um, and it's, you just have something in common right off the bat. And then, you know, the conversations start. Um, and bike packing is something you can do forever, you know? So that's very cool. Right. So I think that's where things will lead into more. And I've got, you know, have an all ladies uh, bike packing adventure coming up mid July. There's uh, six of us going. So, um, that, that one's going to be fun and, and interesting. Um, looking forward to that. Got a couple of days coming up in early June, a um, uh, couple of nights away there. So yeah, just get that little bit of adventure. And uh, I love camping and sort of kind of goes, uh, kind of goes hand in hand um, with everything. Yeah. Maybe it's a good transition from racing eventually, but I don't, yeah, maybe eventually, but racing is still, in my blood, the pandemic took a hit, you know, I think it took a hit on everyone, but things are coming back around for 2022, especially here. I'm sure it is down in your area too. Maybe in the States, I think we were, we were locked down way too long up here. Yeah, it was, it was longer than we were. Um, but anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's good. Well, thank you again. It's, it's been a pleasure to hear this story and good luck out there.
Okay, thanks, Celine, and thank you for having me on your show. Well, that's our show. Join me next week when I sit down with Dr. Maria Luque. Maria is a fitness expert, a health science professor, a writer, and a self-described menopause nerd. We go deep on the battle of body image during the menopause transition, and you won't want to miss this one. So come on back next week. And until then, as always, stay feisty. You've been listening to Hit Play, Not Pause, a feisty menopause podcast for active performance-minded women. I'm your host, Celine Yeager. The show is edited and produced by the strong, talented, and amazing women at Live Feisty Media. Follow us on social media at Feisty Menopause. And please help us spread the word. Screenshot and share this episode on your social media channels with the tag at Feisty Menopause. Share the show with your friends. And please subscribe, like, review, and rate this show wherever you get your podcasts. Word of mouth and good reviews make it easier for other listeners to find. Thanks for listening. And as always, stay feisty. Stay feisty.